Welcome to Victory Christian Center. You're about to hear Pastor Vanessa Schlugel as she brings a message on Sunday service. And so um, today, I'd like to look at the seed. And this is the title. Yes, we've got the outlines, I think. Oh, Stefan hasn't. Stefan hasn't got an outline. <laughs> All right, so this was the title, and then I thought, oh, it might actually upset some people. But I, I put it down there anyway. The seed, master of our increase. And, and I know he's the master, but this is a master of our increase. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll just do this one. Uh, tapping into the seed's unlimited potential. <laughs> that might not offend people. Tapping into the seed's unlimited potential. Amazing. And so uh, what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to just review our, um, our series, the, the main scriptures, the theme scriptures. We're going to have a look at that uh, so that can remind us of what we're talking about. Then I'm going to make a few comments on statements I've made because we're going to go back to look at the seed. Last time we looked at the transfer of wealth, and I hope that blessed you, uh, that is actually happening again in our day. So I'm going to go back and we're going to do part two of the seed um, and, and have a look at that. And I'm going to make some powerful statements, and then we're going to finish the message and we're going to look at this amazing story that will demonstrate everything that I've spoken about, and it's in the Word. And so here we go. So God wants to get His blessings of wealth and prosperity to you. Now look at me. I like you to look at me rather than my outline. Is it? Is is, is, is uh, we don't we have we not got scriptures up here? They will be up here. Okay. All right. I want to talk to your eyes because that's where your spirit is. So uh, let, me, let me read <laughs> and you listen. Uh, so God wants uh, to get his blessing and his wealth to us uh, and his prosperity. But you see, we have an enemy out there that wants to take it away from us. And so he's coming to kill and to steal and to destroy. So even when I speak this word right now, Jesus actually warned us that when the word goes out, that Satan comes immediately to steal the word that is sown in your heart. Why? Because he knows when the word goes into your heart, if it's left there, it's going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold return. And so, Satan, when we look at that scripture shortly, and we're not going to really teach deeply on it because it's a major topic, but just to say that Jesus talks about the four soils of the heart. You've got the pathway soil, you've got the thorn soil, you've got the stony soil, you've got the good soil. Four soils that Jesus talks about, only one soil produces. And that one soil, some produce 30, some produce 60, some produce 100 fold. And what is happening here in each of those situations, you'll find when we look at the scripture that Satan, when the word is going out, he's going to come immediately for that word to take it out of your heart. And so this is where the Bible says you guard your heart with all diligence because out of it's going to flow life. And so God's trying to get prosperity to us. But you be very aware that Satan, when you hear this word, he's going to try and take that word off you. And so we need to value Sunday services. We need to value the word because it's only the word that's going to give us our victory in life. And so we found out in our, majors, in our, in our theme scriptures is that the blessing of the Lord makes us rich. And we looked at that, and then we found out another scripture that we looked at was in Isaiah 40, 48, which says that I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. 
This is God himself that he says, I'm going to teach you to profit. Not only that, I'm going to lead you in the way that you should go. I'm going to show you where the gold is on the earth. I'm going to show you where the investments are on the earth. I'm going to teach you to profit, and then I'm going to lead you in that way that you will go. And we have to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Not only that, but God said to us in Deuteronomy, he said that when you come into the land and you prosper and you have the lands and the houses and the farms and all of this prosperity comes upon you, God says, now I don't want you to forget that it's the Lord your God who has given you this power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant on the earth. And so when this wealth is coming in into your life, God says, you don't forget where it's come from and what it's for. It's so that God can establish his kingdom on the earth. And I said in the last session, I said that God has got some things that he wants to establish before, on the earth before he raptures the church. We have got some stuff to do. We have got the anointings of Nehemiah upon us to rebuild our city walls. We've got the anointings of Esther upon us to release stuff, to remove the enemies and to take down the Hamans and to restore and to elevate the Mordecais in our nation again. So that's happening. That's happening and I prophesy it will happen. I don't I don't receive that the enemy has won this, this, has won this battle between light and darkness. No, the darkness is removed as soon as the light shines. Isn't that right? And so I said that the power to get wealth, and this is just kind of just reviewing right now, that the power to get wealth is given to us in seed form. The power God says, I've given you the power to get wealth. Well, what is that and how does that come to me? What is that power? God says, I'm giving it to you in seed form. And I've got this on your outline, but I will read it. It says that we are, going to, that we are not going to experience the power to receive a harvest of wealth until we understand the power to sow, to sow seed. And so we can't reap harvests until we've learned how to sow seed because a harvest comes from a seed. And so this is what we're talking about here. And so every word that, I, that I'm speaking is God's word, and he wants us to catch this. And so until we understand the power to sow, why? Because it is only when the seed is sown that we're able to produce an unlimited harvest. Amazing. You think about one seed in one fruit tree. And every season it has hundreds of fruit on the tree and within all of those fruit are six to eight seeds that can produce more trees, more fruit, more harvest. It's absolutely unlimited. It's absolutely amazing if you drill down and you think about one seed, one tree and what it produces in its lifetime. And so sadly for us, I would say that this truth of sowing seed and reaping a harvest has not been understood in the body of Christ. And why is that? Because it hasn't been taught. It hasn't been taught and drilled down upon so that people can, with understanding, begin to go into the field of life and start to sow seeds and expect their harvest. And so point number three, that the law of seed time and harvest, let's have a look at that. In Genesis, the first chapter, and I've, I've talked about this, and it's just worth getting this into our heart, and I'm going to make some comments that I haven't spoken before. But it says it contains, the law of Genesis, chapter one, it contains what is referred to as uh, the laws of Genesis. When God set everything up in the beginning, 
and you actually go through there slowly and you just start to look at what God created and what he put first, day one, day two was dependent on day one, day three was dependent on day two and one, day four was dependent on day three, two and one. And so everything was set up in incredible order and in an incredible structure. And so God set these laws in place in the beginning. Why? For our benefit. And he wants us to learn how to work with his laws so that we can walk in this unlimited prosperity that he gave the earth. And so the law of seed time and harvest was one of these fixed laws that he set in place and that was exactly how the earth was to function. The law of seed time and harvest. And it's going to continue on there, and it's going to continue functioning with the seed time and harvest. The Bible says while the earth remains, God established it and re-reviewed it with Noah. God says when the earth, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest will not cease. And so this is a spiritual law, and it operates in the spirit realm. It operates in the natural realm, the seed time and harvest law. And so our harvest, and I said this and then we'll move on right now, our harvest in life is directly related to the seeds that we've sown. Now you look at, look, look at our life and you have a look and see in our relationships. If you sow strife, you're going to reap strife back. If you sow love, you're going to reap love back. If you sow, um, if you sow prosperity, you're going to reap prosperity back. Whatever a man sows, that is what he's going to reap. And so we can change our life. We can change. If we look at our life and we don't like what we've got, the harvest, we just change the seed. We just change the seeds we've been sowing. And after a time, it's going to produce the harvest of what we've sown. Now look at this. This is an interesting comment, and I think it's well worth bringing up before we look at the actual nuts and bolts of the soil, of the seed, the soil, the time. Uh, and we're going to drill down on that. So the seed is one of the three gifts that God has given man in Genesis chapter 1. And so if we drill down, and as I sort of said, have a look at that. We talk about God's first two gifts in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, where God says that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you dominion. So what was blessing? Blessing. The Lord said, I will bless you. What is it? That's a gift. We're carrying the blessing on us. And what does the blessing do? It makes us rich. That was a gift from God. And in that same chapter, God said that he gives them dominion. And so this is another gift God has given. He's given us dominion and he's given us blessing. In fact, let me just read that here again. And then the Lord said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Now, this is another truth and another truth that there has not been taught in the body of Christ. That we are here not as slaves, we're here as sons. We're here as heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are here to take dominion of the earth. And when he gave us dominion, he said, what are you going to do with that dominion? You are going to be fruitful and you're going to fill the earth. What is that? That's seed time and harvest he's mentioning there. And then it goes on to say, and then the Lord blessed them. And so the blessing is upon our lives right now. And so God's first gift is dominion. His second gift is blessing to make us rich. Well, how do we do that, God? If we actually read the next verse, verse 29, so we've read verse 26, 27, 28, read the next verse, what does God say? And then God said, I'm going to give you seed. And so you're going to use the blessing, you're going to use the dominion, and you're going to take authority over the seed, and then you're going to start to plant it, and you're going to get some harvests. 
And so right there, we are responsible for these three gifts. Like Jesus said that the kingdom of God is as a man that he gave talents. He gave this one five, this one two, this one one. And then he said, go occupy till I come. And then they were to go with these talents, with these gifts, and then they were start to start to occupy and to start to make life work. Praise the Lord. And so are we okay out there or am I being a bit serious? And so if we understand this now, this changes everything for us. So we're not, we're not here like this, case, sera, sera, what will be, will be. The future's not mine to see. Now, if you're my age, you will know what that song is. <laughs> we take charge of our future. And we take dominion of our future. When we understand this, this means that we determine our future. That there's no harvest coming on me unless Satan's trying to come and put something on me. And like I said to you in the first session, if that's the case, then I'll take authority over him with my dominion and I cast him out. And he's not going to steal my blessing because God has blessed me. He's given it to me. And so I'm the custodian of the blessing and I'm going to guard this. And I'm going I'm to sow seed that's going to cause this to bring forth. And so when we understand this, then nothing can stop us. Literally, nothing can stop you when you get a hold of the revelation of the power, of the dominion, of the blessing, and of the seed, and get them working together. We're not slaves, we're sons. And we're sowing into the kingdom of God. And so Jesus taught on this. He taught on the principles of sowing and reaping. And he talked about, um, he sort of said, what is the kingdom of God like? And he said, it's as a man who sowed seed. It's as a man who sowed seed. And, and then he goes on to say in verse 32, in fact, let's just read it here. Verse um, Mark chapter 4, it says here, And then he said, and I'm just laying a foundation before we sort of get into the nuts and bolts and practical side of how we get this to happen and work for us. <clears throat> um, Mark chapter 4, verse 30, it says here, And to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or to what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, it is smaller than any other seed. But when it is sown, it grows up and it becomes greater than all. Now this is a spiritual principle here. This is a spiritual law. When we sow seed, we sow just a word. Like if I'm standing against fear, and I've come into the kingdom and I've got all of these fears on me. When I take God's word, which is incorruptible seed, and I start to declare, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but I've got a spirit of power, love, and I have a sound mind. When I speak that out of my mouth, I am sowing seed into the spirit realm. And even though it, seems, it may seem small and insignificant, Jesus said, what is it going to do? It's going to go into the soil of my heart, which is ground. And he said, it is going to grow up and it is going to be greater than all. So whatever area in your soul, in your emotions, in your thinking that is plaguing you or challenging you, you just go into God's sack of seed. He's given us his word, which is a, like a sack of seeds. And we pull out one of those seeds and we start to speak it over our life. And it may, may seem small, it may seem insignificant, but Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man that would take a seed, the mustard seed, small seed, 
and would sow it in the ground and it will grow and it will become greater than whatever you are facing. Amen. Oh my goodness. What, a, what an amazing privilege and gifts God has given us. And see, that seed doesn't work unless we know we have dominion. And dominion doesn't work unless God knows he's, he's, he's given us the blessing to make us rich. And so this all ties together that you have to know you have dominion. You have to know God wants you rich. And then you have to know how to sow the seed. And then wait for the harvest to come on and, and to believe God. He said, have I not spoken and shall I not do it? Have I not declared it and shall I not make it good? Jesus has to back this word. He's put his word out there. And we can trust him with his word. And so again, when the seed is sown, so it's no good having the seed in the Bible. It's not going to do anything for us there. Just like a sack of seeds in your garage, it ain't going to bring forth any harvest. You have to take it out and you have to sow it. And you sow it by saying it. Even the tithe. Jesus talked about how you tithe. Deuteronomy 26 says you will take the tithe. You won't just give it. He says when you present yourself before the priest, you will say... Now, a lot of people are tithing and giving that 10%, but they've never said anything about it. I'm bringing this tithe as a worship to you, Lord. Now, look down from, your holy, from holy heaven and bless me and bring blessing. And so Jesus said that a man will have whatever he says. Why? Because he's putting seed out there. And God is not mocked. God can't change the seed that we put out through our mouth and through our actions. He just tells us, I don't like that behavior. It's causing death and destruction. It's killing and stealing and destroying. Here, here's some of my seeds of life. Start planting that. And what did Jesus say? It says, when you plant it and you sow it in, it's going to grow up and it's going to become greater than whatever seed you've sown in the past. How do you overcome evil? By good. So if you've got evil out in your life right now from words you've spoken or parents have spoken or someone's spoken over your life, you can overcome that by doing good, sowing good seed. And it will grow up and it will be greater. So isn't that amazing? We can turn it around. Praise the Lord. And so now let's just have a look here. Involve, so what's involved in, the, in, in, in this law of seed time and harvest? Well, we, we, can, we can look at that by understanding what a farmer understands, seed time and harvest. And I'll just mention just a few things, and then we'll just drill down and have a look. First, the farmer, he decides on what kind of harvest he wants. So you're a farmer, so you're going to decide, what harvest do I want right now? Take some time. He just doesn't go into his, his, his stable and gets out any seed and just throws it everywhere. No, he thinks about, what harvest do I want? And so he's going to choose his seed, and he's going to choose his best seed. Remember we said he lays aside the best seed, seed to sow, bread to eat, um, and God increases the fruit of your righteousness. And so you have seed to sow, and you have bread to eat. And farmers will take the best seed, and they will lay it aside for the next harvest. And so we're going to have a look at it, and we're going to lay aside that seed. The next thing, he, he wants to know, how big is my harvest going to be? Am I going to just do a little plot here or am I going to sow different acres of, of, of seed out there because I want a big harvest? And so you can't, like I said to you the first time, you can't just take a teaspoon and just throw that out there and expect truckloads coming back. That's not going to work. 
And so then he prepares the soil. And the soil, we're going to just have a, a brief look at that, but the soil where you sow is very important. Uh, and, 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 the, and your heart, Jesus said, is like soil. And so you're going to sow naturally into, a, into, a, in, in, into something, and you're also going to look at your heart, how when you're sowing, what is going on in your heart? Because uh, Satan can use what's going on in your heart to cause you not to bring forth any fruit. And so we're going to have a look at that in just a minute. And then there's going to be a period of time, seed, time, and then harvest. And so what do we do in the time, the time we sow the seed, and then there's a period of time where we're waiting, and then we harvest. And so what do we do with that time? Well, you know that a farmer, he's going to stop the pests, he's going to stop bugs, he's going to water, and he's going to weed. And so that's some of the activities that we're involved in after we've sown seed, then we're needing to actually look after that seed while it's growing up and ready to become something. And then he brings in and he harvests it. And so let's have a look at this. The seed, we'll have a look at that first. And, and um, So what, what am I going to do? We're gonna, you're going to decide on the seed that you want to sow. So if we're talking about finances uh, at the moment, well, let's just talk about that. So you're going to look at, um, okay... Decide on what kind of harvest you want. And as I said, when we were young and we started out, we had, a, we had a book and we had sheets of paper and we took this seriously. We had nothing. We had a car and that was it. We didn't have a place to live. We didn't have a job. And we thought, God, we're going to take you at your word because you're a God of your word and we're going to start to make this happen in our lives and so you decide um, on the kind of seed that you want. And so like I said to you, 2 Corinthians 9.10, he provides you with seed to sow. Remember I said with the widow, when, the, when, Elijah, when Elijah came to the widow and said, provide to me, and she said, I don't have anything to give you. And then Elisha had the same scenario going on with another widow. And, 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 and she had to, was going to have to sell her sons. And he said, what's in your house? I don't have anything but some oil. And so most people think, many people think, I don't have anything. You've got gifts and talents. You've got something in your life. You can't tell me that you're a creation of God, his workmanship, his masterpiece, and you don't have anything to sow. Yes, you do, even if it's your time. Even if it's your time. And that's what we did. We would always give the tithe, the 10%, but we wanted to give over and above that. And so at that time, we were living, we were living from hand to mouth, as it were. <laughs> and so I thought, well, God, what have I got in my house? I've got my time. I've got my time, and I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my first. I'm going to give you excellence. I'm going to go the second mile for you, and I'm going to do that for you. And with my attitude and my heart for God, he deserves his, the best because that he has given us his best. And so in the spirit realm, God is not mocked. You cannot, you cannot mock and pretend in the spirit realm. It knows your heart. It knows what's going on, whether it's manipulation or whether it's a genuine heart. You know, it was interesting when Jesus was standing at the temple and there was people coming and giving and he was looking in the offering basket. Whew. Jesus. And he's doing that right now because he's the high priest. And well, here men receive the tithe, but there he receives it. And so he's watching what we're giving and worshiping him uh, with that. And so that's all going on in the spirit realm when we do tithes and offerings every Sunday. Um, but Jesus was standing there and he was looking and there was this, this widow that came and she gave one mite. And Jesus made the comment before everybody. He said, this little woman, and then all of the Pharisees were coming in and they were giving their gifts before men. 
and letting everyone see how marvellous they were and how, be- how wonderfully th- they were. And they were giving bigger amounts. This woman gave one coin. And Jesus turned around and he said, this woman has given more than you all because she has given everything that she has. And you've given out of your abundance a tip. You've just tipped God, but she's given everything. Amazing. And so that's a heart thing, that you can give you, you can, your heart, wanting to honor God and give him everything in you. That's everything to God. And, the, and, and you will receive back in your life, pressed down, shaken together, and running over harvests, because that's what you've given to your Father. That's what you've given to your God. And so soil, we're talking about a seed. So God gives you seed to sow. And we decide on the measure of the harvest we want. Now I'm a bit hot here. I might just take that off. Um, um, we decide on the measure of the, um, of the harvest that we want back. And he, here in Matthew, Jesus said, with the same measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you again. And so this is why you want to give your best seed and the, and, and the most that you can give as a human being. Um, and I'm, financially, I'm not talking about debt or anything like that, although we had a deposit for a home. And I'm not saying people do this. We felt to do this for God. We started to save up money for a deposit for a home, and we turned around and we sowed that into, into a ministry. And then we had to start again. But that's okay, because God saw that we had given. And, and this is what we had always spoken. In fact, I need to slow down. This is what we had always thought, Father God, I'm going to build your house. And if, you, if I build your house, I know that... The reciprocation of that is that you're going to come and you're going to build our house. That's been in our heart, that I'm going to be about the Father's business. I am about the Father's business, and I will put my energies and my time and my thoughts and my love into your house, and I will give you the best, and I will do it with excellence because that's what you deserve because we are the excellent ones in the earth. And then I will know, and I'm not doing that to manipulate God. I'm not doing that to try and get something from him. That is my worship to him. And I check my heart and say, God, is there anything unrighteous in me? Search my heart, try me if there's any unrighteous way in me, and then you lead me in the path everlasting. And so I'm giving God permission to look at my heart to see if it's got stones in there, if it's got thorns in there, if it's just a wayside soil and flippant, and we don't care about the things of God. No, I don't want that in my heart. Nothing's going to be produced out of that kind of soil. I want to be a good soil, and I want to produce 30 and a 60 and a 100-fold for my God. And so this is all the most beautiful, beautiful things that we can live a life of worship. And that God says, if you do that, no good thing will he withhold to those that walk uprightly. And so we are the custodians of our heart. And when we sow any kind of seed, it has to come out of a heart that is good soil. And it has to be sown, the seed has to be sown into a, into, a, into a field that is good soil. Praise the Lord. And so, if we sow sparingly, Paul said, you're going to reap sparingly. And so, what, what, and, and so I'm just putting that to you. You, you, you before God. Okay, what am I going to do? And you've got those scriptures there to look at that and allow that to go into your heart and allow it to move and shift your intentions, the, the thoughts and the intentions of your heart before the Lord. Because this is really about worship. You know, that our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. We're here to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belongs to Him. 
And so he wants you rich. Why? Because he wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. And so it's not about us choosing this. This is about us obeying the master. And so the soil, we're going to choose good soil, the soil of our heart. And, and, and that's what a farmer does. He's not going to, he's going to, not going to just throw that, that beautiful, precious seed anywhere. And so just let me read this, um, the fullness of this, to give you understanding, and then we'll just break it down if we have time. Um, so Mark chapter 4, Jesus taught on the four kinds of soil. And so behold, the sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed, and he's talking about the, the Word of God. Uh, in fact, that's what it is, really. It's the word of God that the sower went out to sow, and he sowed the word. And uh, it says here, the first soil, let's have a look. The wayside soil, it says here, and these are the ones, um, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown, that when they hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown, so it produces nothing. The next soil is the stony, side, stony soil. And it says, likewise, these are ones sown on this stony ground who, when they hear the word, everybody hears the word. Immediately, they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so they, don't, they only endure for a time. Then afterwards, when tribulation, persecution arises, why? For the word's sake. Satan's coming after the word. He'll come with persecution and he'll come with tribulation. He's after the word in you. That's why it comes. And if you know that, then you're going to hold on to that word and you're going to guard it in your heart and you're not going to let it go. If God said it, that settles it. And it arises for the word's sake and immediately they stumble. The thorny soil. Now these are the ones that were sown among thorns. Um, they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things. I'm too busy to go to church. I'm too busy. I've got sports and I've got all kinds of things on. Excuse me, that sounds sarcastic. And forgive me, Lord, I should not do that. <laughs> oh, no. Take that out. Take that out of my heart. <laughs> That's not right. Sorry. Forgive me, please. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Where did that come from? In my heart? Yes, I know. Okay, let me read that again and, be, and behave myself. Now, these are the ones sown on thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, enters in and it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. So here's the good soil, Jesus said. And these are the ones sown on good soil who hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Isn't that amazing? And so God, Jesus here right now is teaching on seed, time, and harvest. There's layers to this parable. We can apply it, like I said, to our heart. What's going on inside our heart? Because depending on what is going on in our heart, any of these descriptions, if this tribulation, if we're in fear, if we're in fear, guess what? It's not going to produce the fruit. That's why he said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. Why? Because fear doesn't produce the fruit of abundant life. It produces death. And so we have to deal with those things in our heart. This is just part of sowing seed. If I can actually sow, if I brought in an offering, for instance, like money, and I sowed that seed and, and I was coerced. I mean, Paul says, don't let anyone coerce you to give. 
He says, you give as you purpose in your heart, not out of coercion, because God loves a cheerful giver, and then he's able to make all grace abound towards you. But if people are giving in fear, what happens here? Jesus said it's not going to produce any fruit. So you're better to hold off and don't give until you've got your heart right and you've cleaned your heart before the Lord and then you sow in faith. And when you sow in faith, your heart's in a good place and the seed will go into good soil and it will produce 30, 60 and 100 fold return. And so we just don't just give and scatter seed anywhere. No, we give it purposefully as we have decided in our heart to give. In fact, the whole of Philippians talks about, many people quote that scripture and say, well, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. you know, um, but they don't realize that that is sitting on scripture where they've actually sown. They've sown seed into, in, in the Philippian church, had sown seeds into Paul's ministry. And he said, you have sown seed, and now God is able to supply your, all your needs according to his riches and glory. People cannot quote, God is able to provide my, all of my needs according to his riches and glory unless you've sown seed. Because Philippians chapter 4 is all about sowing seeds into the ministry. And so that good soil. So what is good soil? Good soil to plant our financial seed and our time and our talents is the church. Jesus said that I am building my church on earth and the governments of hell cannot prevail against us. And so when I am giving financially, I am giving into the church. Here men receive the tithe, there he is the high priest that says that he receives it. Here men receive the gifts and the offerings, there he receives it. And so if he's building his church, I am wanting to give what he has given me to help build the church. Not only that, Jesus said on earth, when he was on earth, he said, I must be about my father's business. He got lost. Well, he didn't get lost. He was in the temple, but mum and dad had lost him. And then they finally found him. And he was, he was debating already as a young lad with the priests. And they were amazed at, at, at his understanding. And when the mothers and fathers said, where have you been? He says, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so already children can be about their father's business and already understand. So we are sowing seed. If we're sowing our time, we're sowing our talents, we're sowing our treasure, we are sowing that first and foremost into God's business because we know that that is good soil. And we know that God's going to watch over that seed and he's going to watch over the, the, the things that we've sown and he's going to bring forth a harvest of righteousness in our lives. And so is that helping? Okay. So let's have a look at time. So what do we do during the time? So now I've sown a seed into the church and I've sown that offering into the church. Now, what am I going to do with that? Well, for instance, like when we sowed this money um, many, many decades ago into the church um, for our house, um, our house deposit, um, what do we do then? Now, when we walked away, what was the potential? Fear gripped your heart. <laughs> oh my gosh, what was that? That was the soil that Jesus talked about when he said that there was fear. There was tribulation and there was fear, okay? And so what am I going to do with that? No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, during that time, the time between when we've sown the seed and we're going to reap the harvest, there is a period of time, seed, time, harvest. 
Any farmer knows he doesn't sow a seed today and reaps it tomorrow. Although God can do miracles like that, and we're going to see it in just a moment. <laughs> um, but so there is a period of time. So what are we going to do? We're going to water that seed. We're going to guard it. And we're guarding our attitudes. We're guarding thoughts that come to us that this is not working, that this is you've just been taken for a ride, that you're hearing things. Where is this harvest? You can't see it anywhere. Uh, and, and all of these thoughts that Satan's going to come and he's going to sow fiery darts into your mind and say it's not working. And so that's why you take this word and you, and you understand what's happening, that there is a period of time. And so we're going to water that word, that, that seed with the word. So what would I do? We would say, Father God, we just thank you right now, Lord, that we have, and we were in agreement where two people agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by our Father in heaven. So when we released that seed, it wasn't the tie that was a gift. The two of us stood there in agreement. We said, Father, we're sowing this into your house. We're sowing this into your kingdom. And we just thank you, Father, right now that we're receiving, and this is good soil, and so we thank you, Lord God, that that seed, as we sow it in faith, is producing 30, 60, and 100-fold return. And so we worship you for that. We worship you for that. And then we looked at Romans chapter 4, where, Abra where Abraham, uh, he, was, he was dead. Uh, Sarah's womb was dead. They couldn't produce children. But the Bible said he grew strong in faith. How did he grow strong in faith? Giving glory to God. So how do you keep in strong faith during that time of waiting for a harvest? You start giving glory to God with your mouth. Father, I give glory to you right now. Lord, that I am strong in faith, giving glory to you, that what you have promised you are able also to perform. And then we find out that a son came forth. And so you get scriptures in your mouth and you just start to praise the Lord. You see, we can uproot our seed with unforgiveness, with anger, and with fear. So if we get into fear and say, oh, it's not working, bang, you've just uprooted the seed. You've just uprooted your seed. It's not working. It's taking too long. Oh, I don't know where it's going to come from. Oh, I don't have enough money. No, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. We would never say out of our mouth, I don't have enough. Why? Because God is more than enough for me. And so we're changing our language because during that time, you can absolutely destroy your harvest with your words. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. And whatever you love to speak, you will eat the fruit of it. So you can sow financial seed. And if you do not keep your, keep your mouth in line with what you're doing, you're uprooting that seed. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. You're, re you're sowing financial seed, but with your mouth, you're sowing death. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. And whatever you love to speak, you are going to eat the fruit thereof. And so this is where before you start sowing financial seed into, in, into, into the, the kingdom of God, slow down, get your scriptures ready, because the Bible says the washing of water by the word. How do you water the seed? By the word. The washing of water by the word. And so the word that you speak over your seed will give water to that seed. And so get our victory program, the whole prosperity, the whole chapter on prosperity, and start to speak those scriptures over the seed that you sow. And when a thought comes to you, it's not working, a fiery dart from the enemy will come in and the shield of faith, you lift the shield of faith up, it will quench those fiery darts of the wicked one. You're not receiving that. When those thoughts come, no devil, 
I'm sowing to the Spirit and I'm reaping life everlasting. I'm not sowing to my flesh and reaping corruption. I'm sowing to the Spirit. I'm sowing into the kingdom and I'm reaping life. God is the Lord of the harvest. And so you start to push back on him. What did Jesus do when he was tempted by Satan? It is written, it is written, it is written. We need to do the same thing. Because during that time, during that time, you need to understand what to do. And so let me just have a look. And then comes the harvest. Give me another five minutes because this is important because I'm not going to touch on this maybe till next year. We won't come back through this. And so reaping the harvest. What do we do? Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, the kingdom of God is as a man who scatters seed. There's another one. The kingdom of God is a man who scatters seed on the ground and it grows up. He himself doesn't know how. So we don't know how this is going to happen. We just got to do what God does, tells us to do. Just get get the seed out there, scatter it out there. It's going to grow up. We don't know how it does it. Your natural mind doesn't know. But then it says, but when the grain is ripe, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest is is ripe. And so you and I need to put in the sickle. We need to do some work. You know, oftentimes when we were trying to learn this, we were thinking, is this just going to fall out of the sky on us? This harvest. You know, the chicken little, the sky is falling. No, wrong story. Um, No, when we sow the seed and it's time for harvest, it's not just falling out of the clouds. It's not winning the lotto. We're going to have to go out and put the sickle in, and we're going to need to bring it in. How do we do that? One of the channels God's going to use is your workplace. God will use work. God said, if you don't work, you don't eat. God agrees with work. He doesn't agree with sitting around, and he said it leads to poverty. And so God will bless the work of your hands. So ask yourself, what am I putting my hands to? Because the harvest is going to come through your hands, through your time, through your talents. And so what is that? And so when you, if you're in a workplace, for instance, I'll give you this. If you're in a workplace, you are going to be continuing. You've sown seed into the house of God. You've sown seed into God's business. And then you're working in a, in a, in a, in a, in a job, in a role somewhere. You are going to continue to give your best seed there. It may be a secular job. Who cares? You're going to work before them and you're actually going to be a light in that place and you're going to turn up on time and you're going to do extra hours and you're going to go the second mile for them. You're going to be excellent. You're going to see if there's rubbish there. You're going to pick it up. You're going to straighten things up. You're going to take ownership of that whole place. Why? What is that? It's seed that you're sowing. You're going to be faithful. You're not going to open your mouth against, against them. David said to King Saul, I will not open my mouth against my king. And so what's that doing? That's going into the spirit realm so that when God will use that to bring promotion and to bring favor and to bring you from a prison back up into a palace. You look at all of the old stories of old, you'll see that these people guarded their heart. They were good soil. They guarded their heart against all kinds of persecution, against tribulation, and they kept their heart pure before God. And what was that? That was seed, seed, seed. And God used those situations to elevate the four men in the fire. The four, four men in the fire, one of them was the Lord. The three men, they got raised out of that fire into positions of advisory. What was that? That was their talents and their time and their giftedness. God took that and they became advisors. Same as Daniel. He was thrown into the lion's den. He came out of there and had the top position for four kingdoms. 
He was their top advisor. God used his administrative gifts. What was in his house? What was his gifting? And we looked at that story before and we had a look and we saw um, the story with the the, the prophets saying, what is in your house? And so you have got things in your life right now that God is going to use. Another thing that that, that we have done is we've spent much time praying in the Spirit and learning to recognize the voice of God, recognizing the leading of the Spirit of God. How do you do that? What are you doing? Because you're praying. I pray with my, my, my understanding, which is in English, and I pray with my spirit. And then when I pray with my spirit, what's happening is ideas and inventions and and things are coming up from my spirit and they're coming into my mind. And then those that are led by the spirit are sons of God and God will give you ideas and thoughts and it will be in line with your giftings and your talents and your your abilities. And he'll say, do this, do that and carry and, and, and give you, he will lead you. He will lead you and he will always lead you in line with his written word. It will always confirm the written word. And so, praise the Lord. Let's have a look. I just want to finish with the story. So if you just give me five minutes, we can, we can handle this. Please, this is such an amazing story. So we water the seed with our attitudes, with our word, and we bring harvests in, and God is going to bring promotion to you. Promotion doesn't come from the east or west, but from the Lord. From the Lord. And he may promote you into your own business. Who knows? It's unlimited as we sow the seed. And so let's have a look at this amazing story. And I'm going to read the story and then I'm going to make some comments about it. It's a story, an amazing story that demonstrates the seed, the soil, and the harvest. And it's um, a story about um, Jesus. And um, he was going about from city to city and he was teaching, preaching, healing. That was his circuit. Teaching them, preaching them, healing. And, uh, and anyway, the crowds were just descending on him. And if, again, these crowds could have crushed him. And so they'd come into uh, this place and Jesus got into a boat and he asked them to take him out a little bit uh, from, the, from, the, from the land. And then he started to teach them. And so let's have a look here. So, and so it was that the multitude pressed about him to hear the word. Uh, and so that he stood by um, the lake of Gennesaret. And so he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4. Then uh, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, but Simon Peter answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking, so that they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats, so that they began to sink. And then when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so... um, when they had brought in their boats, they forsook all and followed him.
Now, I would encourage you to read this story at home and just have a look. What was the situation? Okay, Jesus had a need. There was a need in the ministry of Jesus. What did Simon Peter had? He had a seed. What was the seed? His time and his boat. He gave that to Jesus. Jesus used the boat to speak to the crowds. After he had used it, it was harvest time. He said, Simon, go out into the deep for a catch. Now here's Simon, his heart. He's in fear. He doesn't want to work. He's had enough. He said, we have been out there all night toiling and we've caught nothing. There's nothing out there. That was his first response. And so this was his heart. His heart was stony. You know, his heart was wayside. Look, we're the fishermen, Jesus. We are seasoned fishermen. I'm a businessman. These are my partners. We know there's nothing out there. He's looking in the natural. But he changes his heart. And he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, interesting, because Jesus said to Simon, go out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus had nets on his heart, harvests. Jesus said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. He was half obedient, but that's okay because God thought, no, I'm just going to give you a press down, shaken together and running over. Blessing. And so what happened here is that he went out, he let down the net for a catch and the fish started to come in. He's the Lord of the harvest. Jesus called the fish. I don't know where you are on Galilee, but come into this net right now. (laughs) And so it went in that they called their partners in the other boat. The other boat got filled until both boats were sinking. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And then they came in. And you know what they did with that fish? They would have sold that fish. They would have made a profit on that, which meant that they could go follow Jesus for three years. So that harvest, when they sold that, I believe would have financed them to give up their businesses for three years and follow the master. To the point where, like I said to you, they had a treasurer. And there was so much money in the bag that Judas was stealing the money out of it and no one else knew. Now, I would love to unpack that a lot more, but I believe that I've given you the gist of this amazing story that there was a need. He sowed a seed. And after the seed came the harvest. He had to judge his heart. He had to correct his heart. And then he had to say, nevertheless, But Lord, this can't happen, but, 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 but no. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the nets. Let's make it the nets, people. Let's make it whatever God is asking us to do, that he's the Lord of the harvest and he wants us to prosper. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.